0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz
1: every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at quiz.fox. Welcome
0: back, everybody. It's my privilege to bring in Adam Curry, very successful podcaster, former MTV uh, host uh, of the No Agenda podcast is the name of it. Uh, Adam Curry, I watched you for years. Great to have you on the show.
1: Ah, oh, Brian, it's good to be back. I appreciate it. Good morning to you, and I bet you have a Metallica T-shirt underneath that uh, that uh, suit uh, jacket, don't you?
0: Uh, no, I wish I did. I wish I was that cool, Adam. I'd never be as cool as you guys. <laughs> I'm always a step behind. Uh, you know, I just I, I think that uh, I think the coolest thing I had was probably a Twisted Sister T-shirt before they got famous because they were from my town, in Massapequa, and I was able to say to yep. people, "There's a twisted. There's this new group. They wear makeup." And you're going to love them. And then Twisted Sister end up having their moment.
1: Yeah, for a little while there, they were pretty cool. I'm not quite sure what Dee's up to. He's, he's kind of wishy-washy back and forth these days. I know. But, uh, yeah, it was good times. So, so, Adam, are you
0: sad to what's happened with MTV?
1: Uh, I'm sorry, Brian, you cut out that. Are you, are, you you, are
0: you sad what's happened to MTV and the whole uh, video? Uh, oh. It, what, what's gone oh, on? Well. It used to be the place.
1: You know, uh, we just have to take that as a moment in time that we all share together, those of us that are old enough. Because from a business standpoint, MTV networks did the right thing. You know, videos were becoming a commodity. Um, and you, you know about ratings. The rating on MTV was always 0.3 consistently throughout the day. And then they started off with the real world and remote control, the game show, which was fabulous. And that would get a 1.0 rating, which was a big deal. You know, that's three times the numbers for uh, for audience size, and of course that results directly into money. And they did everything they could. You know, uh, BET Black Entertainment Television was competing for video premieres, so MTV bought BET, Um, and it was just you know, online was starting to slowly come into view, and you know they had to do what they had to do, and they built it into a a multi-billion-dollar brand uh and you know it's it's i mean of course i'm personally sad because it's trashy you know it's a a bunch of pregnant teenagers is all i ever see on the
0: channel <laughs> right and and Adam, the thing is i can't wrap my head around what happened music has not gone away there's still a need to do videos when you come out with a song that it's going to be semi-successful so why wouldn't you want to go to one place even if it's streaming or on cable I mean have you thought about that? I mean do you do you what happened the consumer didn't go away we still like music old music new music depending on your age and depending on your your likes it
1: Yeah, well we we I have thought about that quite a bit and ever since uh, I co-invented podcasting which is now 19 years ago for the past 3 years We've actually been working on exactly that because Spotify has also become just a, you know, really True. a junkyard for artists because no one makes any money. You know, you can have uh, a million plays and, you know, you have basically bus fare money. And we've figured out a couple ways within podcasting. This is kind of the new revolution that you can now play music in your podcast, not licensed stuff. But, you know, there's plenty of people out there who are making great music who don't have a record label, don't use ASCAP BMI. and now people can uh, stream money to them in real time and we're seeing guys who for you know making more money in three days than they did in three years on spotify so yeah the consumer is still there the music the artists are still there we just need to move away from the existing systems which is happening more and more you know this you're seeing it everywhere streaming television is falling apart it's not making any money spotify isn't profitable so exactly what we thought would happen with the internet is Mm -hmm. happening you know, it's taken 30 years, but we're getting there.
0: I know the one thing that I've heard from artists, the only time they can make money is on the road, touring, selling T-shirts and tickets. And I so wait a second. No, if you have a hit song, aren't you set? Like, no, absolutely not. So correct, it's no, just incredible correct. because they're, they're the invaluable commodity out of all this. But let's talk about the city you used to dominate, New York City. When you see the Danny <laughs> Penny and the Jordan Williams situation where people have to stand up for themselves, one gets indicted, one gets exonerated, but you literally are fighting for your life to see what's happening. I'm not saying crime is overrunning the city, but between the shoplifting, the smash and grabs, and now we're seeing what's happening on the subways. What do you think about where we're at right now?
1: Well, where we're at is right back in the mid-80s when I moved to Manhattan to start at MTV. I lived in Hell's Kitchen, uh, 56 in Broadway, and you could actually get killed very easily crossing Times Square at any given moment. If not by a cab racing by, you know, there were no rubber, uh, rubber tiles on the, you know, now if you fall down on Times Square, you bounce right back up. Um, you know, we had the, it was, it was seedy, it was grungy. And what happened was Giuliani and, the, and the, you know, Chief Bratton came in and they cleaned it up. They had the no broken windows policy. I think we're going to have to go towards something like that instead of, you know, a mayor that, uh, you know, obviously is being very divisive, particularly of late. And, you know, that whole finger pointing episode was really, you know, um, you know, in in black american culture finger pointing is not done it is absolutely an issue um of course i was also uh, raised not to point a finger you know it was very rude but it certainly wasn't a racial thing It never has been and so for him to evoke that that really messes with the with the city you know the the mayor may not be able to do, do all that much but he does set right. the tone i think he made a real grave error here
0: i also think that he is basically the police commissioner and that's why the last police commissioner left who, K- who the cops loved her and she was really doing a good job on a, on a lower profile than any police chief because, because this mayor wants all the headlines and now they got rid of her. And the word is he, she he's going to be hiring a, a woman who has no experience as a cop, as a police chief.
1: Yeah, we, we we've gone down a very dark path with our police uh, force and law uh, law enforcement services. And when I, you know, back in the day, Joan Jett and I, uh, every Christmas we do, um, we do a party for the widows and orphans for the New York city cops. And there was a respect there, you know, it was a respect that, um, was understood and, you know, we were all raised with, you can always go and ask a cop for directions. Now, I'm not going to say that there haven't always been problems that there hasn't been. Of course, there's bad people everywhere, but you know, I personally think you know the the driving force behind BLM, which you know as it turns out was a scam that really did a lot more damage than we realize. And you know the cops are feeling who wants to be a cop? I mean I I moved out of Austin and you know friends of mine are like I don't want to be a cop anymore. No no one's gonna. No one's going to stand behind me. My chief won't stand behind me. The mayor won't stand behind me. So why would I risk all my entire life and and future career? So we have some real problems to solve there.
0: I know, but I I also ultimately feel like it's correctable. I feel it because I've seen it being corrected before. So I'm not giving up hope when these politicians realize they've tried everything and what they thought was going to work doesn't. My sense is that there might be somebody there who wants to do the right thing. You talk about the black community. Uh, Go ahead. your thought.
1: Yeah, no, I I was going to say the, you know, uh, in 87, it got fixed. Um, You know, uh, you're a New Yorker. You know that New York can be the great city that it once was. Everything goes through cycles. The country is going through a a, a horrific cycle right now. Uh, But ultimately, we have to look at, in my opinion, once you debase the money, you're debasing everything. And that's really what happened with the Federal Reserve uh, printing, you know, trillions and trillions of dollars, flooding that into the market. Not, of course, you know. Really, it was a wealth transfer. We have to recognize what happened first, and then we can come to terms with it right. and deal with it because, you know, that's just not going to go away. That that it flows from the money all the way down to everything you're seeing on the street.
0: Adam Curry, former MTV uh, VJ, as we know, and but now he's a host, a very successful inventor, really of the podcast No Agenda, the No Agenda podcast. Well, let me bring you. You mentioned Black Lives Matter. You know, there's leadership in the Black community. We I grew up with that. Uh, we haven't really had it in a long time. But one of the real impact players is uh, Charlemagne the God, who I've not met. Deep thinking guy. Uh, very. The Breakfast Club is a must-stop place for a lot of politicians. Here's what he said that's rippling, uh, rippling around the the news cycle right now. Cut 26.
1: The biggest issue Joe Biden gonna face in 2024 is Joe Biden. Absolutely, like you know, I saw a, a poll that came out this week, and I think uh, he's leading Trump in a, in a general election poll by like four points or something like that. But yeah. everybody's concerned about his age and his mental well-being. Is he is he physically capable of being able to do the job because he's so old? His biggest problem he gonna have in twenty twenty four is himself.
0: I, and, and it's not his, his age; is is his is who he is right now at that age. So your reaction uh, to what they're saying for them to be saying that I, I think that shows maybe the foundation might be crumbling.
1: Well, I, you know, on the No Agenda show, John and I have really come around to looking at this from a different perspective, as we often do. We're now kind of thinking that, you know, when you, we talk about the Biden crime family, but that may not be far off the mark. You know, if you remember Vincent Gigante, you know, the chin, the famous mob boss who was walking around in his pajamas and yeah. muttering and stuttering, but, but he was in control. He was really in control. And I'm now thinking that Biden has so much; he has so much on everybody, having been in government for so long, that he may actually be a crime boss and have the the connections and enough on everybody to keep to keep this going. And you know, the latest with the you know the CPAP machine, I think that's you know that's that's total bullcrap. He's he's basically doing what football players do on the sideline. He's taking big hits of oxygen because it helps your cognition. I mean, he. He knows that he's that he's in trouble, but I don't think he's going to give up. And I, I think that, you know, he probably still has the connections to even, dare I say it, uh, make the election tilt in his favor.
0: Yeah, well, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not really uh, sure about uh, all that. The CPAP machine, uh, I, number one, that means he must have just rolled out of bed. I mean, literally, unless it's the tightest mask ever, he literally must have either went to bed in a suit or just rolled out of bed, and and that mask is way too tight. Uh, plus, a CPAC machine doesn't mean anything's wrong. That means that gets you extra oxygen. We'll see. Uh, but I'm just saying that if you see him on the stage, you do this for a living, Adam. You've done it for the longest time without a script, by the way. So you, with a script, he is struggling to get through a sentence. And this campaign hasn't even started yet. The last one he didn't need to do because of the pandemic. I mean, this is going to be trouble, especially when you have a guy who you're likely going to be running against, in Donald Trump, who will do five events a day uh well and he has his script is basically some uh a magic marker notes uh, i want you to hear something that used to happen all the time on snl They used to be an equal opportunity offender of course Don, you know will farrell played george w bush there was humor within the impersonation they used to make fun of of uh, bill clinton and trying to grab every woman there was and all his uh all his uh, peculiarities i get it And now yesterday, listening to David Spade and Dana Carvey have fun with someone that SNL wouldn't touch. Listen to this. I miss COVID. (laughs) I know. Dude, you know what I knew? There was trouble (laughs) when anyone that came to our country didn't have to get a vaccine. And I go, Mm -hmm. if you're telling me I can't go to work, but everyone, everyone coming in doesn't have to get one, I go, well, once we found out when Fauci said, Okay, I'm sorry. If you've had two boosters and two vaccines, you can get and give COVID to another guy who's had five vaccines and four boosters. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between a vaccine and a booster? I don't know. It's just more vaccine, but booster sounds better. Anyway, a guy with 25 vaccines would get and give COVID to another guy with 25 vaccines. That's why I'm introducing the daily COVID shot. Every day you get a shot. By the time you get to your car, you got no immunity, but it's a beautiful 39 seconds. <laughs> so just having fun at Fauci's expense. That is that's a third rail in the in the in the Hollywood community.
1: Well, thank God for comedians and thank God for podcasting because this of course was on their podcast and what they're laughing about is something we need to, you know, take very seriously. You know, what happened with COVID is no we saw an incredible a, crap, a capture of big pharma and the medical community where doctors literally, they could not prescribe anything different. They couldn't say anything different because they would lose their insurance, their license, their practice, you know, their stature, et cetera. And this is exactly the same mechanism, and it started during COVID, that is being used to um, – to take vulnerable children, particularly teenage middle school girls who have all kinds of identity issues anyway, and through, um, really, through like the American Psychological Association, uh, therapists are being told that, hey, if, if a child chose these types of behaviors, then it's probably a gender issue and they need to go on puberty blockers, et cetera, that, and they can't, they cannot say anything different. They are in the same position as doctors were with COVID. So we have to recognize that. Are there gender dysphoria issues? Of course, but it's not 17%.
0: Adam Curry, always great to talk to you. Uh, deep thinker on so many issues. Congratulations. on pioneering another venue and that's podcast and dominating. Adam, thank you.
1: Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it.